Gary Renard Podcast, Episode 45. Welcome to the Gary Renard Podcast, your up-close and personal connection to Gary Renard, best-selling author of The Disappearance of the Universe, Your Immortal Reality, and Books to Come. That should be some kind of a corporate name, Books to Come. Future, future writings. Well, some things have been written, it's just future availability. We'll talk about a lot of stuff like that. I'm Gene Bogart, podcast producer, Gary's co-host, and your resident spirit back from the afterlife. Oh, that sounded like someone calling to me from the afterlife. All right, enough of that. We're going to go into the here and now, right now, because, ladies and gentlemen, we want you to welcome, please, the star of our show in this life and beyond. Would you welcome, please, Gary Renard? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Gary Renard, this is Santa Claus asking you, have you been a good little boy this year? Well, uh, as Mae West once said, when I'm good, I'm good, but when I'm bad, I'm really good. <laughs> yes, you are. You're. What did somebody call you, the bad boy of spirituality? Wasn't that the name for a while there? Yeah, actually, that was on the uh, cover of Evolve magazine. <laughs> yeah, apparently, the person writing the article thought that I was uh, being a bad boy. Yes, you're, you're not a bad boy. It's just, well, you're just, you're a, you know, we've talked about this so often, I think both you and I, and you're famous for, you know, just being a normal guy. You're, you're not like some some guru surrounded by light sitting on a pedestal, other than special effects in the movies, but we'll talk about that too. But no, you're, you're a natural, normal guy with... Uh, with a lot of good humor, and, and uh, some people, oh, oh, in spirituality, you're not allowed to be funny, you know, and, and you're a riot, so, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're bad, but that means good. You're bad, brother, I'll tell you. No, I'm not really bad, uh, but, you know, I'm not perfect. <laughs> but... <laughs> well, there's a world of difference between those two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I make, uh, I make mistakes every now and then, but hey, that's part of the fun, you know, but... <laughs> It's part of the fun of being on the road. Oh, yeah. You have plenty of opportunity, plenty of forgiveness opportunities there. I, you know, I think that has always been one of your great appeals to, to so many people, is that you, you, you're you a normal guy with, uh, you know, uh, with all your flaws, and you don't pretend to be other than that. So that's something I think makes it very relatable, because everybody's got flaws. If anybody thinks they don't have flaws, they need to get a better mirror, you know. So I think you bring that out, and you present that as a mirror, if you will, a reflection. And I think that's why people relate so much. Yeah, you know, I meet a lot of spiritual teachers, and a lot of them are invested in, uh, you know, presenting themselves as being uh, masters or being enlightened. And then, you know, you get to know them in private, and uh, they're not. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. it's like, uh, you know, it's like almost like a business to them to present themselves as not having problems and being above everything. And uh, it's like a, a strategy on their part, and I just could never get into that. You know, I, I just like to be myself. Uh, fortunately, in my books, I'm not presented as being anything special. I'm presented as being an ordinary person uh, who maybe is in extraordinary circumstances, and I'm doing the best that I can to apply the course, which I've been taught by my teachers. 
Yeah, I like it that way. I think it's just fine. My readers, I don't consider myself to be above them. I consider us to be friends, and that's the way it should be. You know, I'm not interested in being anybody's leader or anything like that. A Course in Miracles is a self-study course, so we're all students, and uh, we're all teachers. You know, mm-hmm. as the course says uh, in the in the manual, you know, a teacher of God is anybody who chooses to be one. I don't see any kind of specialness in what I do. I I just uh, try to be myself. Uh, not anything special. That way I get to learn and teach and have a good time all at the same time. So I get to do normal things, you know, like uh, Cindy and I went to see the movie uh, Lincoln ah, last night. How was it? Oh, man. <laughs> you know, uh, in the future when they have, like, the American Film Institute and they uh, have what their greatest 100 movies of all time uh-huh. Uh, are that'll be one of them. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, that's uh, like a going to be a perennial. That's a movie people will see fifty years from now and say, "Wow, that that was great." Uh, it's like you're there, you know. Like when you're watching Lincoln, uh, you don't think of an actor as being on screen. It's like I never saw Daniel Day Lewis on the screen. I I saw Abraham Lincoln. Wow. You know, it was like him, and it was you were there in eight, the beginning of 1865. And uh, just a great accomplishment, you know, just a really great film. And I'm glad that we saw it. I'll see it again sometime. I've heard that, uh, I've heard Tommy Lee Jones is great, too. He's like one of my favorite actors. I heard he was great in this. Yeah, he was. He does a great supporting role. In fact, they just announced the Golden Globe Awards today, and he was nominated for Best Supporting Actor. Ah, of cool. Course, Daniel Day-Lewis, Sally Field, Mary Lincoln, they were nominated. Uh, of course, Best Film, Best Director. Uh, Steven Spielberg, you know, that guy, you know, I think just a little bit more work, and he's going to really be something. <laughs> he might catch on if he could just figure out that movie-making business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he's really making a name for himself now. <laughs> that, <laughs> that young fella, yeah. yeah. And, you know, <laughs> Sally Field, you know, the, the people really like her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, she's, she's terrific. Well, we loved it. We, yeah. uh, it was a great great movie from the and, clips uh, from the clips that i have seen yeah daniel day lewis just looks amazing i mean uh, you know you you wouldn't think as you say if you didn't know you'd almost look and go who who is it it just it just seems like lincoln in the bits that i've seen so far so yeah it looks pretty remarkable yeah it's very accurate in many ways uh you you would think because lincoln was this uh tall guy that he would have a deep voice but he didn't yeah uh, he actually had uh, kind of like a high voice and uh yeah, you know, just uh, the way that they did things back in those days. Uh, they weren't above things. If they wanted to get something passed, they weren't above, like, promising people, you know, well-paying jobs where you don't have to do anything. Right. And, uh, you know, of course, bribery was uh, more accepted back then. They just didn't uh, talk about it. And uh, Lincoln didn't do anything like that. But uh, the people who worked for him weren't necessarily above <laughs> doing right. uh, things like that. So. Uh, it's interesting the way that they got this constitutional amendment, the 13th Amendment to abolish slavery, uh, passed through the House of Representatives, and that's kind of like a microcosm for the movie. They could have jumped from year to year and given you a whole history of the Civil War, which I think they wisely decided not to do, Yeah. and instead focused on a couple of months, you know, a microcosm of Lincoln's life. And uh, that gave you, I think, a much better portrait of the man in his times. And uh, so, yeah, that's a big recommendation. Uh, cool. And, uh, yeah, we're having, we just got back from uh, Atlanta. We were in Mexico City, Atlanta, mm-hmm. and we are home. Uh, we are not traveling far 
for the next three or four months, hopefully. We are going to go to Ohio for Christmas, though. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to Cindy's dad's house, and we can talk about things like Lincoln and politics because he's an award-winning history professor. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he yeah. should know the subject matter there. Oh, yeah, he, he knows it inside and out, and uh, it'll be good. It'll be fun. Uh, Cindy, even though we like the nice weather here in California, she misses the snow come Christmas time. Me, I don't miss it. <laughs> yeah. um, if I if I never see snow or ice the rest of my life, <laughs> I will be just fine. But uh, you know, you know, Christmas comes. Oh, I want to see snow. <laughs> we can drive to uh, Big Bear here in two and a half hours. We can drive and up, you're up ten thousand feet and there's snow. You can get a little little dose of snow whenever you want to. Yeah. Oh yeah, they get a good dose of snow, and people like to go tubing. That's the big thing. And uh, you know, get a, a tire and go down the ice. <laughs> it's nice to have that little little taste of it. I mean, I'm I'm with you. I don't. I wouldn't care if I if I never was exposed to it again, having grown up in New York. But uh, I, I don't mind a short taste here and there. But you know, brief, and then I want palm trees again. So uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, and Helen is is not a not a cold weather person, having grown up in New England as you did, and. Uh, you you do reach that point of having had enough. Of course, for me, it's not the the white puffy snow on the mountain with the evergreen trees and the people singing and sleigh bells and you know all that. That's not the images of winter that I grew up with. It was thirty three degree slush up to your knees, you know, in New York City trying to. So it's a little different picture, and I don't mind not having that one anymore. So that was a you know those are illusory images. Images I don't have to. Uh, pretend to experience once again so so yeah, there i'm not i'm not even going to talk about what it's like in maine oh, oh yeah you know i'm afraid yeah. that i might have flashbacks didn't weren't don't you have a story where you were riding a riding snowblower screaming the son of god is free wasn't that you or no no that was a mower forget it so yeah that was my ride on long <laughs> might have been a snowblower what the heck <laughs> yeah might as well have been. son of god <laughs> is frozen <laughs> really and uh yeah, of course, they translated the book, as you know, uh, into 20 languages. Yeah. And in uh, Croatian, I understand that uh, instead of the Son of God is free, they translated it as uh, the Son is free of God. Kind of kind of missed it, but aren't they, aren't they supposed to get the meaning behind phrases when they, when they translate, or was this just done by, like, Google Translate or something? Yeah, I think this guy was trying to get it literally, and it yeah. didn't quite work. <laughs> hey, I told you we, we might, if we have time on this, we're going to do a question for Gary, and I, and I said I got a quick one, which you just almost brought up, almost, I say, because we had a, a recent question. We have an older one if we have time to get to it, but a, a newer one came in real quick from our friend Nikolai, who is from Russia. And how is that for the perfect name? Nikolai, my Ruski friend, he's from Russia, says, uh, Gene, how, how will Mr. Renard, very formal in Russia, how will Mr. Renard take to having a Russian translation of the work that he's done? Um, what's your story with your books in Russian, Gare? Well, this shows you uh, how well it was done. Uh, my, book, my book actually was translated. <laughs> it actually was translated into Russian. Ah. And it's supposed to be available. Uh, there, I got a copy here somewhere, but I, I think that I have to find a new uh, publisher in Russia because the the one that got the rights from Hay House and uh, translated, uh, I don't think they did a very good job. Uh-oh. And there are just a couple of countries, you know, most of the time because I'm in like oh, 22 languages, ah. and uh, most of the time it's well done. Yeah, and people do a good job, but every now and then 
uh, you'll find a publisher who kind of drops the ball. They don't understand that A Course in Miracles is a perennial uh, thing, that it goes on year after year after year. Right. It's the kind of thing where you have uh, a hit for six months and then it dies. Uh, and it's the same with The Disappearance of the Universe. It goes year after year after year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they don't understand that in some of these uh, countries. And so you have to kind of like educate them, which I don't have the time to do because... Uh, yeah, you know, I feel like uh, Deepak Chopra. You know, you talk to Deepak about his uh, foreign translations, and he'll just look at you and say, "I have nothing to do with that." <laughs> yeah. You know, because it's like you can't micromanage. You know, I'm not uh, Ken Wapnick. I I can't uh, stay at home and uh, you know micromanage every detail of all these translations and make sure that the translators understand it. Right. Well, you know, and we've talked a little bit about this, that the actual course, A Course in Miracles, uh, you know, they have a major translation project going into all sorts of languages, and there they have the time, and because of the subtlety that is contained within the course, that they apparently really meticulously make sure that the true meaning of everything is being expressed and you're not getting strange things like what you said in, from your book but you know that is is like a, almost an encyclopedia style of project you know where they have huge amounts of people working on this so you, you'd almost need to have something similar for your book and most publishers aren't aren't willing or even able to put that kind of effort in i guess because your book, again, there's, it's not like, uh, you know, an action novel where it doesn't really matter if the guy says, I blew up his car or I blew up his house. We know there was a big explosion. It doesn't change the plot, really. But in, in your case, a simple line, like you said in that Croatian translation, it entirely turns the meaning upside down, which renders it meaningless. So, that, you know, I don't know how to beat that. Right. At the same time, we have, uh, you know, good translations. Fortunately, the Spanish is very good. Ah, mm-hmm. And uh, there are a lot of countries that speak Spanish. And then uh, the French is good. It's from This is, you know, what I know from talking to people who speak both English and the language that I'm talking about. Right. And uh, How did the Dutch one come out? Did our buddy uh, Andre, was he involved with that, or did he check it or anything? Uh, no, that was Rogier. Uh, oh, okay, in Dutch. Did, uh, and he did a great job. Oh, good, uh, good. That's excellent. I understand... Uh, not only the Dutch, but the Danish is uh, very good. There are mm-hmm. you know, certain languages. Of course, a lot of people, I've been amazed by how many people speak English in the world. Yeah, how many people yeah. read the book in English. Uh, people in India read my book in English. Uh, you know, places I don't normally think of, uh, Singapore, Bali, you know, places like that. Uh, Japan was pretty good. I was, I was very well received in Japan. I understand that the Chinese translations are very good. Of course, Chao Lin was the person... Uh, who, who translated uh, the course into Chinese, sometimes unfortunate enough to get the person who translated the course. Yeah, but they would have a much greater understanding of handling your material because it's so related. Yeah, so it, it's hit or miss. There's a couple that I have to replace. I have to replace the publisher in Italy, which was a hopeless uh, <laughs> translation. And uh, uh, Germany, uh, the publisher doesn't get it. Uh-huh. Uh, but there are people there who definitely do. Same with Sweden. So there are a couple of places where uh, I may have to take over the translation. I could do it as an ebook, and you know, kind of like get a good translation and keep it available mm-hmm. uh, to people, regardless of whether you have a, a publisher who understands what's going on or not. So uh, anyway, uh, it's you know hit or miss, but you persevere and you keep trying, and eventually you reach the people that you want to reach. So to answer Nikolai, you, so it is your book is available in Russian, but 
right now you would say it's perhaps not the the most accurate form of the way it is right now. Right, and uh, I don't know that for sure, but uh, if he wants to find out more about it, uh, he can write to me through Cindy at GaryRenard.com, uh-huh. and I'll get the name of the Russian translator oh, cool. uh, and uh, the Russian publisher to him. Uh-huh. And he can look into it, and he can see how they're doing and get back to me about that. Let me know, you know, how yeah. they're doing. And, uh, you know, if I have to take you know, some kind of action... I will, and uh, if they're doing okay, well, then maybe I can come over there and, uh, you know, do a workshop or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gary uh, Renard visits in, the Kremlin, you know. Yeah. Like, my book is in Finnish, and it's uh, very well done, and I went to Helsinki, mm-hmm. and I did a workshop, and I had no idea how close I was uh, to Russia. Yeah, so, right on the border up there, yeah. Yeah, it's probably touching... Uh, you know, the Soviet Union, and uh, next time I go to, I'm going to go back to... The Soviet uh, Union, the Soviet Union, Gary, have we traveled back in time once again? Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, yeah, <laughs> yeah Russia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my entire life I was uh, brought up I know, in the Cold War. It's tough, isn't it? I mean, we still think that way. We still think of Sputnik and Khrushchev, you know, this, us old people, so it's hard to shake. <laughs> it is. I see what, I got the name of the uh, Russian publisher here. Uh, it's uh, Zest. Publishing Group, V-E-S. Ah. Uh, Vest Publishing Group in St. Petersburg. Aha. Uh-huh. Which is uh, one of the two major cities there. Yeah. Uh, St. Petersburg is more beautiful, more artistic. Looks gorgeous in pictures I've seen, yeah. Yeah. Uh, contact agent, uh, Natalie, and her address supposedly is Pravera, Pravera, I'm sorry, that's P-R-A-V-A-R-U at gmail.com. That's P-R-A-V-A-R-U at gmail.com, Natalie. And uh, she's uh, she's the agent. She could give him all the info. Uh, there's also, you know, if, if he wants more information, because I also have the publisher's uh, email, but it's a little complicated to give right here. <laughs> yeah. But I, I well, he should, he should contact you. He can do that right at your website, GaryRenard.com, uh, right. and then he can get uh, Cindy's email because she handles this kind of stuff on your behalf, and so he can email her. I have the feeling this podcast episode is going to set new records for listenership in Russia just because Probably. of all the discussion we've had here. Uh, yes, one more thing. Uh, Vest Publishing has a website. Oh. It's uh, Vestbook, V-E-S-B-O-O-K dot R-U. Oh, Cool. For Russia, that's V E S B O O K Facebook at R U. Uh, I don't see any dot com after that. But no, it's dot R U. That's the Russian dot com equivalent. So just dot okay. R U. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah so maybe next time I go to Finland, I can hop over to St. Petersburg there. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it's not far away. And yeah, I, I agree with you. I've seen photos. I haven't been to St. Petersburg, but it's one of those old imperial Russian cities, you know, from before the Soviet Union, predating even people our age. And uh, it looks just gorgeous, just beautiful. I guess it was sort of a, you know, a, a you know, a, a beautiful place, almost a vacation destination for the imperial Russian. I don't know. We'll do a whole Russian show one day. What, what am I saying? We're doing a Russian show right now. But you yeah. know, it's a fascinating country with amazing culture. So uh, yeah, I'd be 
really interesting to hear that. And that's great. And so hopefully Nikolai will look into that. It's great that you have so many people in various countries around the world who are not not only fans of your books per se, but they're also obviously fans of the course. And in and as you said, most people have at least some English that they speak, so they are in a position to help integrate the material with their native language. They can probably see flaws in the translations that you and I would never know about. And uh, so maybe they can sort of become the agents of change to help uh, make this all clearer. And the, the closer we get to the purity of the message, the better we all are for it. So that would be great. That's right. You know, like I'm in this for the long term. You know, our oh, yeah. person told me they said, look, look, this is a lifelong uh, spiritual path. Uh-huh. As far as if, if you're working with us, you're going to be at this for a while. And, uh, you know, that's fine with me. I haven't got anything better to do. You know, so it's like, uh, why not? But, you know, when it comes to different projects, I understand that you've been working on a course related uh Project. Yes, I have. And we've, we've had a, a couple little notices on uh, Facebook and Twitter here and there, but we haven't actually done like a major announcement. And, uh, you know, this podcast may be it or along with it, that major announcement. Uh, yeah, it's a recording project that I had wanted to do for a time. It finally just came together in, in the perfect timing because what I decided you and I have, and I know we talk about it every year and we talk about it during the year. There's that one amazing section in A Course in Miracles. It's chapter 15. And uh, the whole section, the whole chapter is is remarkable, all the sections that are in there. But the last several of them, last five, lead up to the culmination. The, the final chapter of chapter 15 is the one which is titled Christmas as the End of Sacrifice. And I know we're going to talk about that a little bit here today. But uh, what I did was come up with a recording of those. It's the actual five sections that culminate with that from chapter 15. And we're calling it the end of sacrifice because it 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 starts with with that material sort of showing and it really focuses in the course on on the the concept of sacrifice and how the ego generates this concept to tap into that well of subconscious guilt, which is really sort of the engine, the molten core that powers everything the ego does, the entire belief in the separation, all of that stems from that core, from what we think was the mistake we think we made, the tiny mad idea at which we forgot not to laugh. Well, all of that manifests itself in all these feelings of, of guilt and this belief in the concept of sacrifice. It's just amazing. And, and you know, the Course has such great, beautiful, evocative writing in it. The words are just transportive. And I don't think there's any better example of that than what we see here in this section. So I did a recording, a very carefully done, directed by the Holy Spirit, you know, making sure that everything is exactly being presented as as I was directed that it ought to be in full studio quality, and then found some really wonderful music tracks to just gently support it in the background. So it's this it's just an incredible piece. I know you haven't heard the whole CD yet, but you have gotten to hear some samples of it. And uh, if I do say so myself, I, th- I think it mm-hmm. came out really well. And, and we just are now making it available as a CD. It's a regular album-length CD that people can purchase called The End of Sacrifice. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy. I haven't really talked to you about it other than I know you got to hear the sample and take a quick look at it. So uh, yeah, what do you think, Gar? Gee, it's the well, chorus. It's the chorus. I wonder if you'll like it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because, uh, yeah, it does sound great. You know, it sounds excellent. And the quality is fantastic. And then on top of that, of course, uh, you do stick to A Course in Miracles. You really uh, focus in on the principles of the course and, and what it's all about. And, it's, you know, it is an important subject, this whole thing about guilt, because uh, it's like, 
you know, guilt runs people, and they don't know it. Because yeah. It's unconscious to them. They're not aware of it. And there's kind of like a compelling factor. A lot of what people do, it's, they're compelled to do, and they may not even necessarily make any kind of connection as to why they're doing it. Right. They just want to do it, and they do it. And uh, there's a lot of stuff there in the unconscious mind that is running people. And, uh, you know, this whole subject is uh, very important because why do people do a lot of the things that they do? Uh, it's because of guilt. And if you can get people to feel guilty, you can get them to do things. And children find that out at a very young age. You know, uh, I've seen children, you know, act a certain way in order to make their parents feel guilty so that they can get what they want. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, we learn pretty young, you know, how this uh Whole thing works. Well, but those those are the obvious examples which are there. I mean, there's no yeah. there's no you don't even have to look far for that. But what you and I we've talked about this before on previous podcasts is that, and I think it's it's more difficult for people as you as you've progressed along the line of spiritual development and you you know you your life changes you become a, a much more loving open and forgiving person and you tend to think you know I'm not really I don't have a lot to be guilty for right now so I'm you know because I'm moving in the right direction but then we always ask well why am I still here how come I don't feel like I've really just become enlightened and moved on and and you know I know my oneness with God and I'm done with this illusion why is it still here but as you've said and maybe you can expand on this the guilt is actually subconscious it's this buried well that and the ego has cleverly disguised it so we don't even see it but it is the power source where all of this illusion is coming from and and that's tied into the the idea of sacrifice one of the sections one line from uh, the christmas as the end of sacrifice section in chapter 15 it makes it i'll, I'll read the quote here it, it's it's it refers to the quote sacrifice which it the ego regards as purification is actually the root that that the ego regards sacrifice as something you need to purify see if you sacrifice you'll get rid of some of this guilt it wants to to use that guilt engine to and then bring it up through the you see but if you give of yourself you see then every you know and so it, it comes up with this sacrificial concept to tap into the well of guilt even when you're not recognizing it so is i mean the ego is so devious oh yeah yeah it is so uh, you know, people sacrifice themselves for their children yeah. and their family, and they think that they're doing it because uh, it's a good thing, but they're really doing it out of guilt, and they don't realize it. You know, so uh, it really is guilt that kind of, like, you know, makes the world go around. And people should notice, like, how often do people say, I'm sorry? And just saying that you're sorry makes whatever you think you did real, and then uh, on top of that, uh, it's a sign of guilt. Oh, well, I must have something to be sorry for. You know, so uh, I'm guilty. And, of course, the truth is you're not, because nothing has happened, and nothing that you thought that you did uh, is anything that you actually did. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's like, uh, it's so, you know, part of us that we take it for granted. And, uh, you know, so someone will ask us to do something, and we'll say yes, because we feel guilty if we say no. Uh, there's a wonderful example of something that uh, Jesus said to Helen, it's not actually in the Course, but it is in uh, the special messages that Jesus gave to Helen and Bill while she was scribing mm -hmm. the Course. It was meant really just for Helen and Bill. And as you know, there are things that they uh, you know, took out of the Course that they didn't want to put in the Course because they were either personal, relating to Helen and Bill, 
so they didn't think that they belonged in there, or they were things that Helen and Bill judged that only professionals would understand, mm-hmm. and that uh, the general public would misunderstand it. So they did take some things like that out. And uh, in those uh, special messages, uh, Jesus actually says to Helen, he says, if you cannot say no to the request of others, you have not yet overcome egocentricity. Mm. Now, you know, somebody asks you to do something, you can't say no, then you're still in your ego, because uh, you're saying, okay, it's real, I really have to do this, you know, I can't turn them down, and, uh, you know, there are so many different ways that we live our lives that display guilt, but we don't really kind of like notice it because it's just so much a part of us. We're almost oblivious to it. And uh, what the Course does over time is it makes the unconscious conscious. You become aware of yourself much more. Uh, You understand understand what's going on, and so uh, it makes it, you know, easier as you go deeper to notice all these things, including what you were talking about, and you do uh, a great job of it in your uh, CDs, and it's unusual to find material that really, you know, sticks to the course and and, uh, is also so well done. So I'm really glad uh, that you've done this. Oh, thanks, man. Uh, Yeah, you know, the one thing I noticed while while doing this recording, no matter how well something is written, and when I read the course, you know, all of it, but certainly I'll get into sections of the text, pardon me, and I'll, I'll sometimes, you know, Helen and I will be going over something together, I'll just just shake my head and go god this is beautiful and and not just beautiful but so meaningful like listen to what's being said here and it's so easy maybe also because the course is fairly long there's a lot of words there it's easy to kind of read through it fast and especially if you're only visually reading it as you go it's so easy to kind of blow through it and it doesn't make it less meaningful but you kind of don't savor it it's sort of like you know anything we do if you do it really you eat a meal really quick you're not quite getting the nuances you know that you might have got if you took your time so i think doing it this way and and i think for people if they're listening to this if they happen to read it while they're listening to it you get that that mixed modality where you're processing it auditorily and visually at the same time but even if you're simply listening to it it sinks in because, and again, as I say, I, and I always say this, and, and, you know, I'm not really making it up at all. When I record stuff from the course, whether it's the lesson work, the lessons that I've recorded, or, or now this material from the text, I, I, you know, the Holy Spirit is my director. I mean, I just say, okay, I want this to sound the way you want it to sound in pace, in pronunciation. I mean, everything. So, and you hear it when, in, and everybody knows who's heard my stuff that it's like I sound a lot different when I'm reading the course than I sound doing anything else, like, like now, because it's much more deliberate. Every word is kind of really thoroughly pronounced. And I'm not trying to do that. That's just sort of how it, I turn it over, and that's kind of how it comes out. And, and I'm happy for that because now I've, I've listened to some of the stuff back and said, you know, it it sinks in because the pacing is different. You hear the words, you hear the relationship between the words, and you get the meaning. Now, hopefully, this recording because it's it's pretty pretty pleasant to listen to, and then the music behind it, very nice and gentle, very meditative kind of music. So it becomes a listening experience that I I think people will enjoy hearing over and over. And that's when those words and meanings stay with you. Then you find those phrases coming up in your own consciousness. 
because it's become part of you. And that's, I think, how the Holy Spirit works with all of us. And, uh, you know, it's certainly true of the lessons, and it's true with the material from the text as well. So, uh, yeah, I've been very happy with it. I'm really appreciative of you bringing it up and enjoying it so much. As I said, we'll have a copy is being sent to you as we speak. Uh, but I hope other folks will join in. You know, uh, uh, two things. A lot of people have said, over time, over the years we've been doing these podcasts, which is quite a few years now. And we said, you know, we really enjoy the podcast. We appreciate all the work. There's a lot of work and, and material expenses and things that go into doing these. And of course, the podcasts are free. Always have and always will be. And, you know, Gary puts in a lot of work. I put, I put in a lot of work, trust me, to, you know, just from a technical perspective to make it all happen and get it out there. And then we say, let us know if there's something we can do to help, you know, or say thank you. I have a perfect way buy a cd i swear that would be the biggest help if everybody who hears this podcast would would pick up a cd that would be meaningful for us because uh, you know i'm not going to get into my my health thing i'm doing pretty well i I sound pretty good i'm pretty much back to myself entirely but uh, we're still dealing with a few things that we're tidying up but we're also still dealing with a lot of debt and quite honestly, Helen and I have been, we're, everybody's been very kind, all the, the people that we owe money to. They've been very, very supportive uh, in many ways, but we still have a lot to pay off and we're doing it as best we can, but it's a, it's a, it's a challenge. So trust me, if, if a lot of folks would pick up a copy of this and I would guarantee everybody's going to love it. So it's, it's only a favor in terms of doing it now. Pause the podcast, go to forgiveness.tv and buy a CD. It's as simple as that. <laughs> and then come back and hear the rest of our podcast. Do it now. Go ahead. I'll wait. Um, but that that would be the biggest help of all. And being that it is the perfect, I think it's the perfect holiday, Christmas seasonal gift. So buy a copy for your friends as well, because it's a great stocking stuffer. But it's, it is really good. I mean, not just patting myself on the back, but it, it came out beautifully. And uh, I think people are going to really enjoy hearing this as we, you know, people tell us, Gary, how they listen to our podcasts over and over. How many people have said, oh, I must have heard each podcast like 20 times, you know, because I, I, you know, when I'm doing stuff, I like to have something on in the background when I'm driving, when Cole is mowing his lawn in Australia, you know who you are, you know, so this is the kind of thing they listen to, to your recordings that you have. It sounds true and <clears throat> all the wonderful stuff and that, that beautiful meditations for couples CD that, well, that you and Cindy did. It's you hear great stuff. You'd like to hear it over and over. So this, I think, will fit into that category too. So I, I hope people will go right to the head head page at forgiveness TV and uh, check it out there. But thanks. Yeah, it's also great for the uh, for the new year, not just for. Yeah. For oh the, yeah. It's, yeah. It's something you can do all year. Yeah. And what's great with with the course, because you know the course is, as we say, it's not a religious thing. Anybody who, who reads or studies the course knows that. But it, it's obviously spiritual. But but it doesn't. It, you know, what, Christmas is not being treated as the Christian holiday, which it is. But it's also being treated as as this this opening period, this rebirth, celebrating the birth of Christ. But that's also the birth of of the Christ that we all share. Uh, and as you say, it talks about as, as this new year unfolds and. Uh, uh, it's just beautiful stuff. It really is. I'm, I did, that's one of the reasons I said was, that, you know, I haven't really done an official recording of material from the course's text. And I said, this has to be the first one, because this is one of the ones that has just resonated with me so deeply. And and you have said the same, and so many people have. So hopefully that'll be, a, you know, a, a really good thing for people. So I hope that they'll help us out with that. And uh, Great. Well, why don't you just uh, take a minute and, you know, explain to us, since it's about that chapter, you know, uh, Christmas is the end of sacrifice. What is the gist of that, in your opinion? You know, what do you uh, 
really think the the most important thing for people to take away from that chapter is. Well, I I think, and and this is, I'll just say quickly, the whole section, all of those last five sections that that are on the CD, um, and let me just, I'm just, I'm looking at it here, I just want to make sure I get the titles right here. Uh, This is from that chapter 15, and let me just, yes, it begins with, Uh, the section known as the needless sacrifice. And so it starts talking about the concept, as we spoke about a little bit before, the concept of sacrifice, how the ego uses it, and how it uses it as something that emanates from the guilt that we all hold, whether we know it or not. Um, And I'll, I'll just read a couple of quotes. This is right near the beginning here about the sick attraction of guilt must be recognized for what it is. Uh, For having been made real to you, it is essential to look at it clearly, and by withdrawing your investment in it, to learn to let it go. And these little subtleties, and and you and I were talking about that before, that you have to look at it. It has to be brought up and examined. Uh, You know, we would tend to think, or, or, you know, maybe before we studied the Course, we would tend to think that if I just forget about something, it'll go away. If I bury it deep enough, I won't have to deal with it anymore. Uh, You know, the old phrase, forgive and forget. You know, but the thing is, you can never forget. The material is there. We're we're always, as we say, we're reviewing what already happened. So you can't forget it. It's it's there in, in your mind. The thing is to examine it and withdraw your investment in it learn to let it go and that's really what it's all about so so this whole these sections begin with the needless sacrifice and then they end as we said with christmas as the end of sacrifice it talks there right up front is fear not to recognize the whole idea of sacrifice as solely of your making and then beautifully he says and seek not safety by attempting to protect yourself from where it is not so we think that it, that you know oh god is judging us and and you know that's what i have to protect myself from god's judgment would surely destroy me so i but that's not where your problem is so we're attempting to protect ourselves from where the problem is not the problem is in our thinking in our mind it's of our making that's where the idea of sacrifice comes from so this chapter so beautifully and and so uh, what's the word i'm looking for it's just it's poetic it's just beautiful words, but the meaning is so deep. This is the one that, that contains that famous phrase, the sign of Christmas is a star, a light in darkness. See it not outside yourself, but shining in the heaven within, and accept it as the sign the time of Christ has come. And then goes on to say he comes demanding nothing. No sacrifice of any kind of any one is asked by him. In his presence, the whole idea of sacrifice loses all meaning. It, it's, it, as we said, just some of the most beautiful words. Just if you can savor those words and let them truly resonate, you know, it, it, for people who may find themselves sometimes depressed or overstressed or any negative thoughts, because the holidays are, are a stressful time for most people. If you need an antidote for that, this is it. These words are it. And, uh, you know, the Course answers us and gives us the one thing we need more than anything, which is that knowledge. So it's uh, it's, it's just profound. It, it's just really remarkable. So uh, I, I hope that people will find this recording as a, as a way to connect with that, as a way to, to really um, absorb that and really let, that, uh, let the profoundness of it really become one with your consciousness. So it's, it's just amazing stuff. It, re- it really is. 
Well, that's great, Gene. Uh, by the way, before I forget, I just wanted to take this opportunity to congratulate you on your uh, wedding anniversary. Oh, thank you. Yes, Helen and I just, just as we record this, uh, it was it was on the twelfth. Though it was it was yesterday as we record this, uh, December twelfth. It's been fourteen years of wedded bliss to my little angel. So uh, we had so many great comments, including yours on Facebook. Uh, we want to thank everybody for that. And there she is now. She's walking into the room while we're here, clapping her hands. Say hi, honey. Hi, honey. <laughs> so, 14 years, and they said it wouldn't last. It's, Actually, nobody said that. It's so hard to believe, isn't it? It is hard to believe. 14 years have gone by. Wow. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, uh, Cindy and I have been married for three and a half years. That's right. They said it wouldn't last, and uh, they're, they're still saying that it won't last. <laughs> Well, I don't think no nobody who sees you together says that. So uh, <laughs> that's for sure. That's true. That's true. Uh, yeah, and you know, I know you didn't want to bring it up because we talked last time, but yeah, you guys also you do have. A, not that we're pushing this, but just so people know, you've done a beautiful thing with that the meditations for couples. Speaking of you two being together, and you really do have you you and a few people said that about Helen and I about you know you seem to really have a holy relationship, and I would say the same with you and Cindy. And I'm not saying that that that's putting either of our relationships up on pedestals. Neither is perfect. There is no human relationship that is perfect at the human level. It's simply not. I don't think it's possible. Possible. But you can tap into the holiness in the relationship and and make it a holy relationship in that sense. Uh, and I believe in this in the part we were just quoting from the course. Thus are all your relationships made holy. Uh, you know, the more you can do that, when the preponderance of your relationship reflects that, it it is uh, you know a wonderful and a very profound thing. And it is perhaps more than anything else. The thing that will help you in your pathway through life, your pathway back to uh, the awareness of God. So uh, yeah, relationships are powerful, whether they're a, a marriage or, or romantic relationship or, or just close loving relationships between any people. Um, you know, that's uh, we're, we're all one. And when we bring that together, we, we recognize the holiness. Isn't that it? Absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, of course, the Course says... Uh, the holy relationship is the forgiven relationship. Yeah. So uh, I think at some point you you know who the other person is. Uh, spiritual sight is pretty well defined in the course. I love that part of the course, the forgotten song. Yeah. Uh, it actually kind of like describes spiritual sight in the part where it says, you know, beyond the body, beyond the sun and stars, past everything you see, and yet somehow familiar is an arc of golden light that stretches, as you look, into a great and shining circle. And all the circle fills with light before your eyes. The edges of the circle disappear, and what is in it is no longer contained at all. You know, the light expands and covers everything, extending to infinity in perfect continuity. You know, nor is it possible to imagine that anything could be outside uh, and it goes on to say very specifically, this is the vision of the Son of God, whom you know well. Here is the sight of him who knows his Father. You know, here is the memory of what you are. You know, spiritual sight is an attitude. It's not, of course, that you're not going to see bodies. You will see bodies. But it, there's something that is a reality that is just beyond the body. And it's just like it's described in that beautiful paragraph. It's unlimited. And... This is the memory of what you are, and the way to have it is to realize it in others. So it's kind of like we're overlooking 
the body. We're overlooking the illusion to the truth that is just beyond the illusion, and that is something that is perfect oneness. It's something that is exactly the same as God, and uh, as the Course says, the way to have this gift is to give it to others. You know, in, in other words, to see it in others, to have all, give all to all. Yeah. You know, so it's like that is spiritual sight when you uh, let go of the investment in what you're seeing, and uh, you, know, you stop believing what the ego is showing you, and you start believing what the Holy Spirit is telling you is true. Yeah. Then you're starting to engage in spiritual sight, and I think that that's uh, certainly one of the the most important goals of the course is to end up in spiritual sight. And you're denying the ego's teaching that you're separate, that there's you and there's somebody else, and there's that person and there's somebody else, and they're all disconnected from each other. That's what the ego would teach you, when you and when you do what you just described, you were saying no to that. You deny that. That is not the case. I will not see it that way. And instead, I see the Holy Spirit and the truth that we are the same. We are not only the same as each other, we are one with each other. What I do to you, I literally do to myself. And consequently, as I forgive you, I am myself forgiven. And, there, and that is the same process. And that's really what the Course is teaching in everything it says. And if we get that perfectly, there's nothing left we need to get. We are there. So it's uh, amazing stuff. Yeah, and that uh, perfect oneness, by definition, would have to include everybody and everything. Yeah. Uh, which makes it difficult, because you have to include even the people who you don't think to right. heaven. <laughs> and uh, it's like, okay... But then, of course, they're not going to heaven like that. They're not. None of us are going to be there as bodies. So right. we don't have to worry about, uh, you know, holding any grudges or anything yeah. like that. Uh, by the way, I want to mention something because uh, next week, you know, probably about the time this podcast has come out, it'll probably be very close to de- December twenty-first. Yeah, and uh, that's an, that's an important date to me for. Well, more than one reason. Yeah, I have, reason. Just quick, I, I just want to jump in, because I had forgotten about that. I'm glad you're going to bring that up. and talk, yeah, Because I was going to lead into this by saying, you know, we talked about movies, Gary. We haven't talked about television. But go ahead, because, yeah, the 21st is an interesting date. And, and remind me and everybody about all of the different connections. What's the deal with December 21st? Other than the end of the world, as the Mayans predicted. But other than that... <laughs> Yeah, well, I didn't know this when Arden and Percy first started appearing to me, but uh, December 21st is the feast day for St. Thomas. Ah. And the, the very first day that they appeared to me was December 21st, and uh, this December the 21st will make 20 years to the day uh, since they first appeared to me. Wow. And uh, they have uh, appeared to me quite a bit on that date. I don't know if they will this time, uh, because they're really, you know, kicking my butt to finish... Uh, this book within the next few weeks. And, uh, yeah, they're not the only ones. Yeah, so uh, it's like, okay, so that's that's the date that they very often uh, appear to me. And, uh, you know, it's a date that's, uh, you know, so kind of like near and dear to me. Mm-hmm. But then on top of that, this year, it's a strong date for a lot of people because it's, uh, you know, supposedly a very important date in the Mayan calendar. Uh, some people think it's the end of the world. I think that at the end of the day, those people are going to be very disappointed. Uh, because I don't think that uh, the world is going to end, you know, next Friday. But, uh, you know, at the same time, uh, it is the beginning, according to Art in Person. They'll kind of like expand on this a little bit. You'll see it in the next book. But uh, it is an important beginning of a new cycle in human history, a big cycle in human history, a big turning point. And more and more people will be 
getting uh, enlightened, if you will. And, uh, you know, you may not hear about it much on the news because the news still makes fun of uh, spirituality unless it's conventional religion. Yeah. And uh, at the same time, more and more people, and of course, miracles and our work certainly has something to do with this, but uh, more and more people will be getting enlightened in this next cycle of human history. So that's very important. And uh, in connection with those things, on that date, next Friday, the 21st, and anybody listening to this podcast from December the 21st on will be able to go to this new website, uh, which is a website specifically designed for the TV series, uh, The Disappearance of the Universe, which I've been working on uh, behind the scenes for a couple of years. And uh, it's to specifically support the TV series. And uh, when people go there, they'll be able to see a preview of the TV series, the trailer, the preview that we'll be showing to network uh, executives. Starting in January, we're going to be pitching the show. Uh, it's based on my books, of course. I created the TV series. And uh, they'll be able to see actually three different versions of the preview. There's the standard two-minute uh, version that we're going to be showing to most people, but there's also a short version, a 30-second version. And there's also going to be individual scenes that would total six minutes if you watch them. Uh, you can watch them individually. And uh, they'll all be there at the website. A lot of information about the TV series. You'll be able to see what the cast looks like. And uh, in the trailer, you'll see that they can act, and they're really good. You know, these excellent actors uh, believe in the show. And uh, I'm very excited about it. It's a long shot in Hollywood. Hollywood is a very strange place. But uh, at the same time, uh, it's really an interesting place also. And it is, there is a possibility of sharing the message of The Course in Miracles with millions of people through this uh, medium. So I'm um, giving it a shot. My co-producer, co-executive producer, writer, uh, co-writer Alicia Sky is working with us on me. Uh, Cindy will be the music director, by the way. Oh, and, cool. Uh, You'll see the team, you know, we have a one. there are different uh, links at the top uh, with pictures, and you'll see ones for the team and the people working on it. And uh, then there's the trailer, there's home, there's, uh, you know, different, uh, about nine different links up there. And there'll be more and more information as we go along. If there are any glitches at first, uh, just try again later because uh, it's just under construction. We, it should be finished mm-hmm. by uh, the 21st. So the website uh, address is uh, D-O-T-U, which stands for Disappearance of the Universe, D-O-T-U-T-V dot com. Oh, that's a nice one, yeah, D-O-T-U-T-V dot com. Right, which is oh. Disappearance of the Universe, TV dot com, uh, D-O-T-U-T-V dot com, and you can go there anytime and, uh, you know, drop us a line or a comment if you want, that'd be cool. Cool. Or not just look at it, but we'd appreciate it if you would share the uh, website with your friends, relatives. We need to get as much buzz going for this as we can, get some support for it, because that could help when it comes to actually selling this thing yeah. uh, to networks. It's a long shot because it's very controversial. Uh, you know, when you show Jesus making love to his wife, there's bound to be a little bit of controversy. Well. But uh, at the same time, uh, it's true to Jesus, the wisdom teacher. And by the way, I don't want to make like the show is about Jesus. It's not about Jesus. It's actually about me. <laughs> but uh, we have this uh, really cool actor named Michael Reed who is playing me. And you'll uh-huh. see him uh, in the trailer. Yeah, he's very good. And I like him a lot. I told him I didn't think he was good-looking enough to play me. Uh-huh. But, uh, he he uh, you know, wasn't worried about that because the truth is he's, uh, he's just a really... Uh, 
you know, good, down-to-earth, good-looking uh, human guy, and I think people are going to like him. And uh, the people that we have, Art and Persa, uh, the people playing Karen, uh, well, I'll, I'll let them see it in the trailer, but these are good actors, and we're going to have a, a strong story. It'll be an episodic drama. With uh, Certainly, there'll be comedy in it, just like my life has a lot of comedy <laughs> uh, in it. But I think it's going to be good. I'm excited about it. Uh, I'm going to have to fight to stay true to the message because people are always trying to change things in Hollywood. You know, that's what they do, and uh, you just have to... You know, stand your ground. The best yeah. You can. Well, as you say, it's it's such an odd topic as far as Hollywood would be concerned. You know, to portray this kind of you know the underlying message of the spirituality that's being presented. Um, and I could just see where the you know that they like to get you know they the machinery of, of of this type of thing love to get in there and muck it all up. You know, and change things and and you know, so it's very hard to hold true to your to your message and at the same time make it a palatable viable television show that that you know the because you're going to be seen by the general public not just by course people or spirituality people so uh yeah it's a fine line to walk but i know you're you're being so hands-on with it um and i guess you said the, the pretty much everybody who's involved are of like mind right so you're not getting a lot of people within trying to pull things apart yeah so far but yeah, when, yeah, we, yeah. Uh, when we start working with the network then uh you know a lot of their ideas are well yeah a book okay well that's good uh, and a lot of books are being made into uh, TV shows and movies yeah. uh, today. So that's actually something that I have going for me, uh, the fact that they are looking for uh, proven material. But at the same time, uh, their idea often is that, okay, we'll take the book, that's the starting point, and we'll do an adaptation. And uh, that's exactly what we don't want. Uh, we want right. uh, you know, Lisa and I and people who can write, who support us, who we can oversee and supervise. Uh, we want to be able to stick to... The thought system of the Course of Miracles, just like Star Trek, would stick to the prime directive. You know, you can't deviate <laughs> from uh, that, or else it's not going to work. Right. And so, uh, you know, we're really going to have to try to stand our our ground. And then hopefully, it'll get picked up as a regular show to be shown on the Heretic Channel. So yeah, the Heretic Channel is uh, yeah. big. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's that's great. And uh, you know, uh, I I don't think it'll be. Uh, ABC, NBC, or CBS. Obviously, I think it'll be a cable uh, channel. Which one? We're not sure. Well, some of them are doing the best work, you know. And you never. This could be like a Showtime or an HBO type thing, you know, like Homeland or or one of those type of programs that that pushes the envelope farther and does great quality work. I mean, not that you have the kind of intrigue that Homeland. Well, maybe you do. I don't know. There's an infiltrator in your group that we don't know about yet. Um, well, that would be that would be ideal, of course. Yeah. A network like that. Yeah. There's a lot of competition. You notice that all of these movie people now are going TV. They yeah. going to HBO, Showtime. Uh, a lot of uh, you know major television shows. All these people who were uh, in movies or in TV now, they know that uh, you know they they can depend on it more. Uh, you spend two years making a movie and you don't know if anybody's going to see it. Right. You know, so uh, I, I think that they find find that more and more attractive uh, going to television. And so there's more competition, but at the same time, there are held a lot more uh, channels now. You know, a lot more. Oh yeah, there's there's yeah. way more. You know, in the old days it was three networks, and pretty much that was it. Uh, nowadays, you know, as you say, there's a the, a plethora of uh, places to be airing potentially something like this at a level that that makes it feasible to actually do it as a working project. So yeah, there's there's a lot of ways to go with that. Yeah, so that's dotutv.com, and uh, you know, from December 21st on, people should be able to 
to go there and uh, they can follow what's going on. I'll have uh, the occasional email blast about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, something big happens. Uh, you know, we actually sign a contract with a network. Uh, eventually, I'll make sure everybody knows. Oh, cool. And I just want to know, in the trailer, when, when you have the young Gary who's at performing music in the band, uh, in those scenes, are you guys playing in Agata de Vida? <laughs> well, we're not actually playing in Agata de Vida. <laughs> uh, but they do show Michael Reed as me singing uh-huh. and playing the guitar uh-huh. uh, with the band. And uh, we had some uh, you know fans of the book come and uh, play the crowd, you know, play the audience in the nightclub. So we had some of my readers there playing uh, the audience, and I was in the audience. They don't show me in the trailer, but they do briefly show me for a split second in one of those scenes that you can see in the six-minute section. Oh. Uh, you actually, <laughs> so you're kind of like yeah. Alfred Hitchcock. You show up in your own show. Right. I was in the audience with Cindy. And, uh, <laughs> show, it's just, you, you know, you really have to look for it. It's not like you can, you can see it without uh, freeze-framing it or something. But uh, it was uh, it was fun. It's uh it's not easy work. It's eighteen-hour uh, days, and uh, it's worth it because I really feel like we're doing something that could potentially, you know, share a message with a lot of people, even introduce a great many people to eventually a course of miracles. Because we'll be quoting from the course uh, from time to time, and and when we do go back to the time of Jesus, which we will, we'll also have a lot of present day, my lifetime here, but we'll also have the future uh, in Chicago, hundred years from now, art in Persa and uh, a lot of interesting things going on. So when we do deal with uh, the time of Jesus, it'll be Jesus the wisdom teacher, not the religious apocalyptic suffering uh, figure, but the wisdom teacher of the Gospel of Thomas, who is very much like he is in the Course, you know, uh, pointing people in the right direction, telling them what worked for him and what what will work for them if they give it a shot and stick with it. So... uh, it's really uh, an interesting project, and we're going to do the best we can for it. I just want, when you do those old, the old shots of the uh, historical Jesus there, I still want at least one cutaway of you and me in togas and sandals. Well, that might be arranged. Yeah, you never know. Good. I've been waiting for that for a number of years. I think the time has come. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because, uh, you know, there's definitely, uh, you know, places in the uh, six-minute section, people will actually see Cindy handing Gary his first copy of A Course in Miracles 20 years ago. Aha! Uh-huh. So, uh, oh, like his, when you were buying the book for the first time? Yeah, the first time I bought the book in this bookstore, uh, this woman handed it to me, and, and in the trailer, uh, the the longer version, that they actually uh, had Cindy play that little part, so she's shown briefly. Well, but it's, it'll be the actor, it'll be uh, the, 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 the film Gary will be the one who receives the book. That's right, Michael oh, okay. Reed, and uh, okay. he's... Uh, he does a great job. Uh, you can even see in the two-minute trailer that this guy's powerful. He's a powerful actor. Uh-huh. I've seen photos of him. I haven't seen any video yet, but uh, I did go to see some. Yeah, he's a good-looking guy, and yet he looks like he could have been you younger, you know, a little bit. There's a, It's a similar type. He's at least a Gary Renard type for sure. And uh, you were saying he's a real good actor, so that's great. That's right. Plus, I had uh, darker hair before my hair became enlightened. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's like... Uh, and, uh, yeah, he, he does a great job. Art and Persa, uh, you know, do a great job. The, the girl who plays uh, my former wife, Karen, uh, is a lot like Karen. And, uh, you know, and Karen has given her blessings to uh, the TV series, mm-hmm. you know, given, given us permission to use her name. And, uh, you know, so and it's one of those projects where 
uh, you go on the set, it's not like your typical Hollywood set where there's a lot of competition and uh, a lot of uh, even ill feelings, it seems, uh, sometimes. And on our set, it's like so re- relaxed and loving. And, uh, you know, like people <laughs> were on the set that have worked in Hollywood. And they'll say to the uh, my co-executive producer, Alicia, usually the person who creates the series is not there all the time. And uh, I am because I'm going to make sure that the, the message stays true to the chorus. Mm-hmm. And so I'm there, and then people go up to Lisa and say, he's so relaxed. How can he be so relaxed? People who create series, they're not relaxed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, they're you know, going bonkers, usually. And uh, we don't have tension. We don't have stress. There's a lot of love. And uh, you know, I, I think that uh, that simply is a reflection of the course itself and the message of the show. Yeah, and I'm wondering too when, when, when during the course of that show, when, when you get to the parts about the origins of the Gary Renard podcast, the award-winning Gary Renard podcast series, I'm wondering who you will get to play me. Well, <clears throat> somebody, I'm, you know, I'm thinking maybe, I don't know, Ryan Seacrest or Tom Bergeron, somebody like that. One of those, you know, I'm so overexposed, but those guys they don't have nearly enough work, so maybe they should get the role here. Yeah, I think the sought-after and highly paid-for uh, compensated role of uh, playing Gene Bogart. So that would be good. But you probably changed my name because <laughs> the Holy Spirit's directive that I never received publicity. So it would be like, Jim Rogert was this fellow who produced the podcast. It was <laughs> played by Ryan Seacrest. Here's another million dollars and Julianne Huff. So hi, Ryan. Anyway, uh, no, but it, uh, it, it, it should be. I mean, everybody is really waiting to see this, and we've all seen photos you know on the web and stuff but uh, i think there's a lot of interest in uh, you know among all of all of the the gary renard crowd which is extensive to uh, to see some of this thing brought to the screen it sounds really interesting cool so uh on that note we've been going quite a while here. yeah yeah we want to do a closing thought here this will be our last show before christmas we did pretty good with this one our last we've been promising people we're going to do them more frequently this is working out fine so if this is our christmas show the next one will be the new year's or the new year program but uh once again we talked about it before any kind of closing thoughts about how to whether it's Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever the 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 celebratory focus for anyone is, uh, the the one unifying message uh, would be what and and how do we tie that in with what we've been talking about here tonight? As you leave us for the for the end of this program, Gary Renard. Well, you know, when you look at the manual for teachers, one of the most important attitudes that a teacher of God can have is gratitude, and uh, this really started with me with Thanksgiving, but as we go into uh, Christmas, the New Year, I think I just want to think of all the things that I have to be grateful for. You know, there's just so much, and we get caught up in things, like Cindy and I had a busy travel year, and, you know, we're going from place to place, and, yeah, we had uh, a great time, but it's also a hectic time, and you don't always have time to slow down and just reflect on all the great things uh, that you have. Uh, Health is certainly one of the most important things you know, Benjamin Franklin said that uh, health is the first wealth, and uh, I really believe that. If I had a choice between having, you know, a crap load of money or having good health, uh, there's no contest. Because, you know, if you have your health, well, you, you know, you can do things that you want to do. And, uh, you know, it's not something to be taken for granted. It's something to be uh, appreciated and uh, something to be deeply grateful for, and I am. And uh, I've been very lucky in that area. I hope I stay lucky in that area, but you never know. And you have to, uh, you know, kind of like realize that the script is written and uh, whatever's going to happen, and this includes your health too, uh, whatever is going to happen is going to happen, and then we have to decide what is it for. 
you know, and uh, hopefully we won't, won't have too much forgiveness in that area as you already have. Mm. And, uh, you know, but you've used it very wisely. And, uh, you know, I think that that's part of the difference of being in the Course. You know what things are for. So uh, I want to be more grateful, and, and that's the message I want to put out right now to everybody. You know, let's be very grateful this time of year for the people that we have, you know, in our lives and uh, for all of the good things that are yet to come. You never know what good thing is right around the corner if you persevere and uh, if you keep trying. And let's be grateful for what we have in the meantime. By the way, you know, Gary and I have discussed many times the importance of studying the workbook of A Course in Miracles. Studying the workbook and really doing it, doing it properly, is essential to really understanding what all of the Course is telling us. The workbook seems to supply like a spiritual engine that really brings the rest of the Course alive. So to truly understand and really get A Course in Miracles, a solid grasp of what the workbook is teaching uh, is really essential. And I don't think there's any better way to study the workbook and really get it than to join in with the Encore study group. And this is the perfect time to join in with Encore. You can, of course, do the workbook at any time during the year, but January 1st is the perfect time because one day a year, starting January 1st and taking it right through the coming year, is really the perfect time either to do it for the first time or to review and really get it, to really do the workbook properly. So I hope you'll check it out at the OnCourse Study Group. Uh, you get to hear my recordings every day emailed to you, the recordings of the lesson material, and then we have discussions and all sorts of other goodies. So check it out, please, if you would. You can either go directly to OnCourse.GeneBogart.com or just go right again to Forgiveness.TV. And on the homepage, a little ways down, you'll find a link for the OnCourse Study Group. So we hope you'll join us and make this coming year the year we really take our course study and practice to a whole new level. And once again, some of those web addresses for everybody. Check out uh, the Gary's TV show he was talking about, the promos for that. at It's like Disappearance of the Universe. So it's D-O-T-U-T-V.com. D-O-T-U-T-V.com. And check that out. I'm sure he'll have a link at his regular website where you can also check out Gary's email newsletter list and his appearances and books and CDs and all sorts of good stuff. And that is, of course, GaryRenard.com, the website he named himself. And the one we all named was Forgiveness.tv. I hope you will uh, stop there as well. And uh, yes, please check out that CD, the new CD that I have out there, The End of Sacrifice. It is the, uh, the words of A Course in Miracles, uh, narrated and with some uh, very, very attractive music gently placed behind it. And I think it's very listenable, as we said before. I think people will really, really enjoy it. And uh, it would be a huge blessing for us if, uh, if a number of people would both purchase this and, uh, and buy a copy for your friends. And please spread the word if you like what you hear. You can hear a sample, by the way, of the recording with the music mix and everything. There's an audio sample, which you can just listen to or download for free right there as well. So we have a page set up for the end of sacrifice, but you'll find it right in the beginning of the first page, the homepage, at forgiveness.tv. 
There's that famous photo of Gary and I in the, in the studio together as we were doing the, the DU recordings of the audiobook. And right under that is a link and picture there of the end of Sacrifice, the new CD. So please check that out. As I say, it would be a huge blessing for, uh, for us, particularly for Helen and I. So we hope you will enjoy that and check that out. And, and we thank you so much for that. The Gary Renard Podcast is produced by Enlighten Up Creations and distributed through Forgiveness.tv. Verbal content of our programs is copyright, still copyright, 2012. Gary Renard and Gene Bogart, all rights reserved, all grievances forgiven, as if there were any to begin with, I must say. This is Gene Bogart thanking you so very much for listening, as you always do and as we always like to thank you for. Uh, we're really glad that we're able to do the podcast a bit more frequently, and we plan on continuing with that. So uh, please, as always, check them out at the home of the podcasts, Forgiveness.tv. We're also at iTunes, and I don't know if I mentioned this in the show, we were recently ranked at number nine on the iTunes Top 200 of Spirituality Podcasts. Right up there with that Oprah woman in the top ten. So number nine, that's quite an accomplishment to make the top ten at iTunes. So we thank everybody for that. That's all based on listenership and downloads and stuff. So people have been listening and enjoying it, and we're really thrilled about that. So check out the podcasts, of course, regularly at iTunes and, of course, at Forgiveness.tv. As we close out... Oh, wait, wait. Oh, I need to grab something. And, oh, where? Oh, ho, ho, ho. So on behalf of Santa and everyone else, we just want to say thank you so much for listening. Uh, just, oh, you know, I, I'm just going to put this in because otherwise I would have forgotten. I'd never forgive myself if we didn't have a seasonal greeting from Sally. All I want is what I have coming to me. All I want is my fair share. Now I can relax. Okay. Thank you guys so very much. Jingle bells and all. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy whatever holiday you celebrate. Celebrate it in oneness with ourselves, together, and with God, and with Jesus he was a nice Jewish boy, and uh, we, we, we thank him, quite honestly, for, uh, for, for inspiring and bringing us these incredible words of A Course in Miracles that we talk about so often here on this show, and that have literally been transformative in so many lives, uh, not the least of which has been in my own experience, and uh, my gratitude will be eternal for that. So on behalf of that, and uh, on behalf of Gary and myself, I, I hope this has been a great year for everybody and uh, that we'll have even better times to come and uh, that we can uh, spread forgiveness as well as gratitude everywhere we go this season and throughout the year. So until then, this is Gene Bogart saying thanks again so much for listening. We will talk to you soon. And between now and then, never forget the one phrase that's so appropriate at this season and at every season. And that is, of course, whatever the situation or the question... Forgiveness is always the answer. All I want for Christmas is Santa. Ho, 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 ho. Santa! Ho, 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 ho. You're my best Christmas ever! Ho, 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 ho. <laughs> oh, oh.
Oh, oh. Ha, ha, ha.